Crown Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and our guest today is Amanda. Amanda is a registered nurse and midwife who has worked in the healthcare industry for 38 years. Her story highlights how broad and diverse a career in nursing and midwifery can be. She has developed expertise in clinical care, leadership, consultancy, education and research to name a few. She has worked across Australia and internationally and is currently a remote clinical educator for Krana Plus in the maternity stream. She is warm and passionate and radiates enthusiasm. I'm sure you will enjoy the conversation with Amanda as much as I did. Welcome Amanda to Crownercast. It's lovely to have you as our guest today. Um, and as always, I'd like to start with a little bit about our guests, get to know them, their background and what's been happening. So if you could tell us some things about your career, your profession, how you came to be um, where you are today in the health sector, that would be fantastic. Okay, thanks very much, Kate, for inviting me to um, be part of the podcast. So um, my uh, journey in the health profession started way, 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 way back when I was 19 years old. Um, That's 1985. (laughs) So many of the listeners might not have been born then. Um, When I um, commenced my training as a general nurse, and that was in Geelong. Um, And I did the hospital-based training, which were some of the best days of my life. I was a general nurse and... um, and I do, um, I left a little, a couple of years, maybe 18 months after leaving school before going into nursing. I actually was interested in being a phys ed teacher um, and thought I'd just have a gap year and and sort of, um, you know, did a little bit of travelling and things like that and and was a little bit lost. It was actually my dad that and my mum and dad and sometimes they do know what's right for you. I've got an interest in physiology and a love of people and mum said, why don't you go and do your general like your sister? <laughs> And I went, okay. And in those days, you could just ring up. So dad rang up the hospital and next minute you've got an interview on Friday and um, started off in um, early 1985 and have still have some friends and um, colleagues that are quite um, well known in the midwifery profession to this day that I met in my general training. So three years of general training and then off I went um, after that to do a bit more traveling and then found my way um, wanting to do midwifery. And I was actually... Um, did a small article for um, the Krana magazine where I explained that I wanted to go and work remote and I had to um, have my midwifery. So I thought, well, I better go and do my midwifery. <laughs> then they said, we've got to have a, 
like a grad year. So off I went to the children's hospital, did my grad year, did my midwifery, um, but never got to actually um, get out there until I um, started doing some work with Crown Plus. So um, I finally got to Nulamboy uh, last year, whereas I, that was my impetus for doing midwifery actually 35 years ago. So um, yeah, yes, took a long time. Um, and yeah, love, have been so grateful for my nursing and midwifery career because, you know, you can move around, there's so much variety, you, you can move physically, you can move professionally and I certainly did that. I worked in Melbourne, I went, went over to London uh, where I wasn't able to be registered as a, a midwife without some extra training, which is, you know, their community-based midwifery. So I decided to go across as a registered nurse and I went into the NICU and luckily over there they do lots of funding for extra education. So I did my NICU course. I then worked in gynecology and sexual health, did a sexual health course. So I managed to get, in my five years, I managed to get some qualifications as well as doing my bit for the NHS. But it wasn't very, it was about five years um, break out of midwifery. I came back to Australia and I, I came back into midwifery um, as a manager Grindy and midwifery, and then I, then I met one of the uh, very well-known um, uh, Krana people, Sue Kilday, who um, is now leading research um, out in uh, the Northern Territory uh, for, um, you know, the Molly Wadaguga Research Centre. She poached me, I guess you could say, and into her uh, research world, and so I, I went and did my uh, masters by research and and um, upgraded to a Master of Philosophy in midwifery. Um, and then after that fell into a bit more clinical and um, education. So with all those domains, it sort of led me to a path where I could be a clinical midwife consultant, which I would say would have been the, the level I'd aspired to. Um, um, and uh, looking after women with um, complex pregnancy. Um, but having been a crowner facilitator for, um, you know, more than 10 years now, um, which also Sue, Sue Kilday um, helped introduce me to, I um, took some time out and um, did some casual work for Crowner Plus and then all of a sudden here I am as a full-time remote clinical educator. <laughs> so there you go, in well, a nutshell. It seems like you have crossed every possible pathway within nursing and midwifery in your career you've certainly made a huge you've got a huge experience across many many different domains and it's it's I think it's really interesting to show how diverse the healthcare industry can be like you you, you, your blessed dad got you into nursing I know right and that's where you've gone and so the scope that people can actually go into across their career is so broad and you're a perfect example of what that can be for people. Mm, thank you. So you've talked about um, you, you've you gone to done some remote practice in way of midwifery. Was that nursing I was, at all? Or? Oh, no, I've actually my remote exposure to remote um, health has been through education, so okay. largely through Crown Plus yep. Yep. and um, tapping into the um, remote workforce in regard to uh, upskilling for whatever 
uh, scenarios that they they are faced with and that's ever-changing and so having to keep abreast and keep connected to them. Um, I am um, very much hoping um, to secure some time next year to do a study leave placement in um, a remote community and some of the wonderful participants I've met on the Crowner courses, particularly in the last year, have been very generous in welcoming me out to their areas, um, including some of the um, Aboriginally, Aboriginal community controlled um, health services um, that I've met and um, established friendship with and a relationship with have invited me as well. So I've been very lucky. Um, so hopefully I will be able to have more exposure to um, that reality in the time to come. Mm-hmm. Would you tell us a little bit about your role with Crowner Plus and your education role with them, what you're doing, what you teach, where you work? Sure, sure. So um, my role, the title is Remote Clinical Educator and I'm in the maternity stream. So the two courses that the maternity stream deliver are the maternity emergency course or the MEC course people will have heard of or the MIDUS, the midwifery upskilling course. So uh, myself and Leonie McLaughlin are the two uh, midwives that um, uh deliver that course so we not only do the preparation along with our wonderful logistics and admin teams um, in um, preparing for um, the courses so that that includes everything from the you know the accommodation logistics equipment you know things like that which is largely done by others but making sure that those things are on track and participating in the organization of that we also um um, keep an eye on the pre-course component of the work, which is um, a pre-course set of um, uh, education modules which participants are required to complete. And the 18 months before I came on board with Crana Plus, I was working as a casual with them to help rewrite that program. So having that background knowledge has been invaluable and also helps keeping us up to date and in tune with what the participants need. So there is the pre-course work that the participants complete and the pre-arrangement. Then there's, of course, the course delivery where we um, coordinate everything from how the type cup of teas are going to be provided to completion of pre-course work to the facilitators who are coming to assist me in delivering the course and they are volunteer facilitators, a team of between three and four usually that come from all over the country. So coordinating their arrival, delivering the course, and then the end part of the course where we all go back to base and equipment, um, you know, reporting on the course, um, assessing the participants before we go, and then fulfilling the reports component and the return of equipment or equipment moving on to the next place. And then... um, that sort of happens course to course but in between times there's a lot of background work on the um, updating of materials updating of equipment educational materials remaining current changing things up as things change so for example the basic life support algorithm got changed last week by the ANS core so we had to go and change all the laminates and all the pre-course work where there was reference to those things so keeping our resources current Mm -hmm. and also working on projects in the background so we're kept busy yep 
So they sound like very interesting courses. Are they designed for midwives or nurses or who's the audience for those courses? So the maternity emergency course or the MEC is predominantly non-midwives. So that extends to nurses, doctors or GPs or medical officers, medical practitioners. It also is appropriate for Aboriginal health workers and Aboriginal health practitioners to attend. Um. The MIDAS is midwives, so they are all targeted at the remote, rural and remote workforce. Uh, they're con- contextualised to their particular environments that they work in, so we talk about retrieval and early recognition and things like that, also accepting their limited resources um, and just encouraging and and uh, motivating and, and, and supporting them in Sometimes what is they work in very challenging environments. They also work in often under-resourced environments but often come to us feeling very burnt out often and feeling a little bit hopeless. So giving them motivation, encouragement and also sharing skills that may empower them to, to go back to where they are working at, with skills that would actually help them do their job better and feel Often they say they feel more confident and feel more supported in their roles because they've learnt skills that they would not have had otherwise and also things that can be done without necessarily having medical teams, without having equipment and the things that the tertiary and city facilities can offer. We we teach basic skills. So, you know, measuring a tummy with your hands to work out how many weeks pregnant someone is or with a tape measure and things like that. So really catering to the remote workforce and always being conscious of their their situation um, and, and how remote they are from tertiary centre help if that's required. But also we, um, throughout everything, is woven our cultural safety, um, you know, um, our cultural safety interventions or mechanism strategies whatever you want to call them but um keeping that at the forefront of our mind in um so we are providing physical clinical skills but we're also um providing that psychological safety and encouraging and teaching that psychological safety so really imparting our knowledge for holistic culturally safe care for women and families so yeah so we bring everything together hopefully um you also asked about the, I was going to say you were asked me about the locations. We go from yeah, Broome to Hobart. Like, wow. <laughs> Broome, Hobart, Nullamboy to Esperance to Albany to Bendigo to Coffs Harbour, Alice Springs. Seen, yeah, that is Jorah lot, Map. Lot, seen lots of Australia. <laughs> Top it, yeah, Cairns as well. Uh, yeah, Cairns, all those places we we go hopefully to where the midwives, nurses, Aboriginal health workers um, work and so yeah. that they can convene and um, have their skills updated much closer to home, which yeah. is helpful because a lot of the workforce aren't able to, you know, leave leave work for a long period of time. So, the you know, the um, closer they are to their education, so is the bed is... is um, is best and I'm off to Broome next week so it's a good example yeah so you've talked about what you do in your role and it sounds like there 
you really love it and there's lots of positives what what are some of the positives perhaps for you personally but also for the people involved in the training oh it's i always always get more than i give because i learn from these amazing people that i meet so everyone has a story everyone has things they like to share if given a platform most people if you ask them about themselves even if they're a little shy we give them a safe provide a safe learning environment so it's conducive to sharing it feels safe and it's quite it's quite the skill of a midwife actually to to uh, gain trust with um whether usually it's our women but with others very quickly so by the end of two days we're hugging and goodbye and thank you and and forming friendships but also you know opening up ourselves to the experience to learning from others is um is always a good place to start and and so we get so much back um from not just from helping others learn we our end goal of course is uh, you know through our support for education and supporting practice development of remote workforce but ultimately the ones that we are hoping will benefit are the women and families because of the disparity in health outcomes so for me not working clinically this is where I get my purpose from how am I going to as a midwife bring all my skills and knowledge to support healthier mums healthier babies healthier communities so this is my you know that's my goal and my aim and that when I hear about what happens when participants leave the course um, and they've been able to manage an emergency or they go away feeling empowered and skilled and con- more confident, that's the reward that we get. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. So as a way of perhaps starting to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up our conversation, you've had such a broad career both across midwifery and nursing, remote practice, education. What's some advice you might give to people either thinking about remote practice, education, or the thing, I'd really like to go in a different direction, but I'm not really sure how to make the step, you know, whether it be to midwifery or another part of nursing. Um, What's some advice you would give them? Well, I can't really speak to that lived experience. However, at the recent Krana conference, I did listen to quite a few speakers, um, um, particularly um, First Nations um, healthcare workers, and one of them was able to give a way forward um, message at the end and um, really just said... um, to go gently and for the right reasons and I love that to not think you're going to go in and solve everything and and to actually learn as much as you can and you know wet your feet gently go to somewhere a bit more supported don't just dump yourself in and be because it's going to be very challenging but also to go for the right reasons um and for from personally, from what I know, it can be extremely challenging, but at the same time, extremely rewarding. So there are, um, there's always that offset and, and some individuals, some nurses and, and midwives, they go out, a few I know particularly, go out for, oh, I'm just going to 
have a bit of a go at this or go out for a stint. It'll be two months max and they're still there years later. <laughs> um, that it, it actually um, they never want to go back to traditional settings such as yeah. hospitals and things like that, major centres, and they it actually works for them. Yeah. Um, but I think to also... Uh, there are formal courses such the transition to remote health there's actually a course you can do which yep. I think is uh, fantastic um, to listen and learn from others and do really just to be prepared to um, to learn from from others and also I would recommend doing the cultural safety uh, education the um, Katsunam offer the Murramulangari and I think that's a fantastic investment to do the cultural safety online program uh, because it it is, a, and it's also it's a, it's a specialty of its own. So to learn as much as you can, the um, the primary health care uh, specialty is 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 very different, very unique for many many reasons. Um, so to to really find out as much as you can about what the reality will be and and go in. And I also I don't have a lot of experience, but if I go somewhere new. I mean, not experience in that field. If I go, if I go somewhere new and I'm not quite sure, you know, to um, leave your assumptions behind and to lead with compassion, that usually puts you on the right path. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your career with us it's been really really interesting I think people will listen to this podcast and think I didn't realize I could do so much <laughs> across the health sector um, so I think it's going to be really inspiring and so I appreciate your time Amanda so thank you for sharing you're most welcome thank you for having me Kate Pleasure. all the best Thanks for listening to this episode of Cranacast and we look forward to sharing more stories from the remote area health workers. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush Support Line is available 24-7. It provides confidential support to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. If you're enjoying Cranacast and don't want to miss an episode, You can always subscribe via your favourite podcast platform. Take care and stay tuned for the next episode of Cranacast.